0: Happy New Year everyone! I know I'm late, but whatever. Hello everyone, my name is Jesus and this is Gymnastics, the podcast where I avoid to do my predictions for uh, the Tokyo Olympics because I have no idea of who can get medals. Like, there are so many people who can get medals on every event, like... Whatever, Uh, how are you guys doing today? I hope amazing. I'm quite good. Not the greatest, but as good as it could be. Um, Well, new year, new, new me, not new me actually, but at least new series. It's an Olympic year, apparently. It was supposed to be last year, but we all know what happened. Um, and well, basically, as this year we're gonna have Olympic Games, I decided it was good to do like a series of podcasts where I talk about, um, the summer olympics specifically on gymnastics because well this podcast is about figure skating and gymnastics but figure skating is not a summer sport is it so yeah basically what i'm going to do is i'm gonna do Eight podcasts part of the series. They're not going to be like one next to each other because I have other topics to talk about. But well, we're going to have eight podcast. Well, actually nine. Uh, the first one... Um, this one, (laughs) Uh, being like uh, talking about the 1988 Seoul Olympics and then continuing with Barcelona, Atlanta, Sydney, Athenas, Beijing, London, Rio, and ending with my predictions for uh, the Tokyo Olympics, uh, giving time to make my predictions because right now I have no idea of what my predictions are. So yeah, basically is that, uh, you can, you may ask uh, why I'm starting with the Seoul Olympics. Well, because those Olympics are my favorite ones. Um, if you look at my Instagram profile, you can see that my uh, my nickname is uh, gymnasticsfan Fan Ninety Eighty Eight, and that's who, because uh, those are my favorite Olympic games. So yeah, it's basically that. But yeah, I'm aware uh the Seoul Olympics were not the first ones where gymnastics was a thing. So yeah, I I have the knowledgement of uh gymnastics Women gymnastics. Uh, This is going to be about women gymnastics. I know uh, just a few things about men, so I'm not going to talk about that. But yeah, uh, I have seen things from women gymnastics and the 1968 uh, Ciudad de Mexico, Mexico City, Olympic Games. So let's talk about uh, a little bit of a summary, uh, since those games. Uh, well, on the 1968 Olympics, uh, the most relevant gymnast was Verachaplaska Chaplaska from Czechoslovakia. Uh, not only because she was the greatest uh, gymnast from those games and her floor routine with, um, the Jarabe Tapatio song is just iconic as well as her beam and her bars. Uh, but because on the Podium from the floor, even final, she turned her head down, um, during the USSR, uh, national anthem. Uh, and it was as a rebellious act because, like, uh, a couple of weeks or months, um uh, before the Olympics, I can't remember if it was, uh, weeks or months, um, the Soviet Union, um, made an invasion on, in uh, Czechoslovakia so it was like a rebellious act and also she uh, wasn't supposed to be the only gold medalist but at the same time ta- at the last time the judges changes the score of Larissa Petri meaning her um uh, being tied with her um, when it was possible to tie title the Olympics not like now but yeah, it was basically the most interesting thing. Um, also Vera Chablaska was considered like one of the most dear people from Mexico. And yeah, she, she, she even get married on Mexico. So it was really cool, but yeah, that was the most important thing of the 1968 Olympics. The next Olympics were, uh, the 1972, uh, Munich Olympics on West Germany. It was West Germany back then. Uh, Ludmila Duryeva won the all-around in those games. She was like one of the greatest gymnasts and she remained as one of the greatest gymnasts for the next couple of years. She also competed at the 1968 Olympics, but she only competed at the team event. So it was really an improvement for her passing like, not even qualified for a final two, like really um, being able to um, to be the all-around champion. And also, it's uh, notorious the fact that she was one of the gymnasts with uh, one of the most longevity careers uh, back then, because back then the careers were less than a quad, so it's a big improvement that we're seeing gymnasts for more than two, even three quads, so. Yeah, Uh, but uh, she was not the highlight of the event. The biggest highlight was Olga Korbut as well from the Soviet Union. On the all around, she was one of the favorites to win. But unfortunately, on the Union bars, which uh, were supposed to be her best event, um, she fell three times. Uh, Three of them were, well, she didn't fail, but uh, she made three silly mistakes and well with those mistakes she was practically unable to win a medal so she ended up her routine and she started crying and it was really relevant because back then the people thought that the Soviet gymnasts were like made of steel and they didn't have any senses or anything so seeing a Soviet athlete crying uh, was kind of sharing for people, I don't know how to express it. So, it was really the thing of those games, she appeared on so many magazines. And at the end of the day, she ends up like winning two goals, one on Baddam's Wim, where she was great, and another one on Floor. And also, Silver and Niven bars that she'll have been in gold, in my opinion. But yeah, she was really an innovator. Um, she started doing, like, so crazy difficulty. If you take a look to her routine, like, for example, on the Niven bars, the curve with flip, uh, the curve with flip was, like, an acro Um She stands on the... Um, on the high bar and doing a back flick to catch the same bar. It's a band movement right now, but it was amazing. It still, it's really impressive. On balance Beam, she was doing back tucks and a time when everyone was basically doing only like back wall covers and back handspring. So it was really innovator. Uh, On floor also like she did like a backhand spring to a chest roll I don't know what it's called, but it was amazing and she was really cute. She was so charming So yeah, she was basically the highlight of the Munich Olympics Now the 1976 Montreal Olympics uh, were the Olympics where the gymnastics uh, saw the perfection and that perfection was called Nadia Comaneci from Romania. She was a tiny little girl, 14 years old back then, and no one bet on her. Actually, the eyes of everyone were seen on the Soviet athletes. And when she came on the uneven bars at Computer Round, I'm gonna talk about what Compilter was later, uh, and she scored a perfect 10 that on the scoreboard was marked only with a 1 because the scoreboards weren't ready to show a perfect 10 score It was crazy, it was really crazy, and she not only did that perfect 10, but also did two another perfect 10s on team optionals, one on beam and one on bars, another two on the all around on the same apparatuses, and another two on team finals again on beam bars. So she was real amazing, but she wasn't the only one. Mm, who scored a perfect 10. She's the one we remember, but also Nelly Kim from the Soviet Union scored three perfect 10s, uh, one on floor, two on vault. She was really amazing too, but the first perfect 10 on story uh, was given to Nadia Komenich. Also, uh, these Olympics games uh starting with uh, a lot of innovation, like, I mean, Olga Corbett was a precursor of those innovations. But in these games, we can see the reflection of those impacts. Uh, it was the first uh, competition where a double back t- was doing on floor on the woman's side. Um, Back then, if you don't know this, uh, the floor didn't even had springs. It was like only a little bit of a foam, but it didn't it didn't really like smash or doing something to help the gymnast to get more height and that stuff. So it was really shocking to see gymnasts doing double backs, and we didn't we not only saw one that is called a. After Nelly Kim, but she wasn't the all, the first one on doing the double tap. Um, three Soviet Yubnas did it. The first one, uh, all of them doing on the same rotation, so I can understand why it's called after Nelly Kim, but I mean, uh, the first one was Maria Filatova, second one, Olga Corbett, that she did it after only a roundup, of, not even about can spring, and the third one by Nelly Kim. So yeah, uh, on a matter of what lasts the rotation, like 30 minutes. On um, 30 minutes, three gymnasts produce a double back and on th- um, floor. So it was really an innovation. Now the ninety eighty Olympics are a little bit different because those Olympics were the first one who were boycotted. Uh, a little bit of history behind this. If you remember, uh, uh, during all of this era, uh, the world was under the Cold War. If you don't know what the Cold War is or what the heck did you do on your history classes. But anyway, the Cold War was a conflict between the United States of America and the Soviet Union and their allies. Where basically uh, they didn't have like real wars with guns and stuff, but uh, the world was under the constantly fear of that a war could be started between those two countries and also it was like a competition of which country was best among the two of them. So, yeah, like if the USA did something, the USSR should, should make something even bigger to prove like uh, socialism was better than capitalism. It was really the uh, political aspects just sucks. It it does not only reflect on political size but in the overall life of the people, um, especially in sports, and this was a reflection on it. On the 1988, at no, uh, 1988, sorry, 1980 Olympics, um, close to the Olympics, the Soviet Union made an invasion to Afghanistan. So, the United States and their allies, mm, the Western Bloc, is the Western Bloc, I think that's, uh, how it's called. Mm, said that they were in to compete at the Olympics if the Soviets didn't retire from Afghanistan. And also they said that they were not going to compete at the Moscow Olympics if the city for the Olympics wasn't gonna be about to change. And the president of the International uh, Olympic Committee said that the only way that Moscow uh, were to change, will change uh, from being the host of those Olympics, was if the Third World War started. So, obviously, that didn't happen. And, The United States and the Western Bloc didn't compete there. So we didn't see those countries, but if we think about it, in gymnastics they weren't that that missed because at the end of the day, most of the important countries at the the gymnastics back then were the Europe countries and um, Great Britain were not one of them. So. Yeah, basically that, the winner of the all-around there was Yelena Davidova from the Soviet Union. Nadia Kamenich was so close, um, also on her last bend on the all-around, the score took like 20 minutes to go up, so some people say that Nadia was rough. Uh I can see why, but still, Yelena Davidova was really amazing. The Soviet theme on those Olympics was iconic, I mean, if you look at videos of the floor rotation, like, wow, it's just incredible. But also, on the next Olympics, the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, uh, this time the Soviet Union and the Easter Bloc made a boycott because those games were on the United States. So well, oh yeah, Um, the Easter vlog boycotted the Olympics but Romania and Yugoslavia also competed so it wasn't as many repression as on the previous Olympics but still uh, this made a big impact on gymnastics because, again, the athletes from the Easter bloc of the Socialism countries were amazing on that era. So we can see a big impact on the gymnastics. Um, it was the first time since the Soviet Union started to compete at the Olympics that they didn't win the gold medal of the team, but because they weren't there, uh, and Romania won the gold medal and the United States the silver being the first Theme medal that they got at the Olympics on gymnastics and China won the bronze um, The all-around was won by Mary Lou Redon with her iconic perfect and ball and that stuff but Mary Lou Redon, um, I don't think she was about to be that famous if it weren't for the boycott. Why? Because the Eastern Bloc made an alternative games to the Olympics, because they boycotted the actual Olympics, called the Friendship Games. And on those games, Olga Stepanova from the Soviet Union competed and a scored a perfect 14 on the All-Around, being the only athlete to do, to do so on history. Um, that means that in every event during the All-Around, she scored the perfect 10, which is crazy. And it's sad because that was the peak of algamas Panoa. On 1983, she wasn't that experienced. In 1985, she had a growth sport and she wasn't at her best, so we didn't see her at her very best and it's a shame but still, if the Olympics uh, had not been boycotted by the Soviet Union and the Instaplot Panova will have been the gold medalist and it's quite crazy So well, now that we passed through the previous Olympics let's talk about about the 1988 Civil Olympics um, first of all, let's start with a little bit of um, context. First of all, um, those were the first Olympics on um, 12 years uh, with all countries competing. Uh, for all countries, I'm referring to not boycott for either the Eastern or Western bloc. So it was like the thing, you know, like finally realized after all of those years who has the best country at Olympic level because we already had worlds that even though uh the worlds were uh each two years instead of each year uh we had worlds so yeah basically is that so now also um Romania was the current world and Olympics champion um at the Olympics of 1984, as I said before, uh, they win because the USSR wasn't there. And at the 1987 Olymp- uh, World Championships, they were amazing and they win fair and square against uh, the Soviet Union. Like, for example, only on at Team Optionals. Um, they they scored three consecutive uh, perfect 10s, one from Camila Bonia, another one uh, of um, Daniela Silvash and another one of Aurelia Dobre. So it was really a thing. Now that I mentioned a little bit of uh, the team optionals, back then... Um, the competitions, well the qualifiers were divided on two parts, first of all the compulsories and second the optionals that it was the same as team final. At the compulsorys round, uh, what they did is that all the gymnasts did the same routines and those routines uh, were set by the FIG. So, every gymnast did the same routine, um, with the same skills, on floor with the same music, mm. etc. So, it was, mm, not as excited, but it was really technical. Like, you could lose points if your, uh, weren't pointing out enough, so, enough. So, it was, uh, really hard to judge on compulsories, but a score athlete on compulsory was also possible. Which we are gonna talk about that later. And then on optionals, the gymnasts did uh the routines they wanted, uh the routines they had planned with all the difficulty. Uh an important thing to consider that I didn't mention is that at compulsories the routines were with uh so bi- basic skills, so it wasn't as flashy as the optionals, but it was more technical. Something that maybe some gymnasts lacks nowadays, but I'm going to talk about that in maybe another podcast, not today. So, uh, the scoring system was also a little bit different. Um, on both computers and optionals, uh, the scoring system was 6-up, 5-count. So, uh, 6 gymnasts uh, did their routines, but uh, the lowest score uh, was rub. So, the gymnasts were able to well, the countries were able to drop a score that weren't good enough, so if a gymnast fall, another one shouldn't fall because then they have they should took uh I'll always score on the one planned so well, it was. It was quite pressure, but not as much as today, because today, like, at team finals, you have three up, three count, so it's harder. But yeah, it's basically that. So, also, on this quadrennium, the 1985-1988, the things start really change on the gymnastics world, like, for example, um, doing even bars, uh, even at 1984 were so close together, uh, like almost at the, uh, well, not as close as parallel bars on men, but a little bit, uh, but closer than nowadays. And for this quadranium, they separate the, the uneven bars a little bit. So it was, it was nice. <laughs> And with that, they they were able to do harder releases skills, not as interesting transitions as we used to see when the bars were closer together, but the releases start to really, really improve. There was when we start to watch. Um, more commonly, uh, releases are catches, jeggers, Dalchevs, Chingers. gingers. Uh, even Yelena yeah, Shushinova did a full twisting Markelov that is named after her. And it's curious because she did the full twisting Markelov even before the Markelov was a skill on the uneven bars. So it was it was quite. A quite interesting also we start to see like full in double tuck dismount uh and things like that even though the common dismount was most commonly of that era uh, as well as a double back uh that's on the new bars on balance beam, we start watching uh, more intricate series or for example backhand spring layout step out, layout step out, or even uh back spring layout, but those weren 't actually layouts; they were more like a backpack. the only layout that it was a real layout was. Um Natalia Lachenova's one from the Soviet Union, but we're not gonna talk about that but also for example uh gabriela poderach from from Romania did a layout step out mount on being or Garvington steves from the u s a did a full twisting back tuck mount on balance beam. And we, we also start to watch difficulty series, uh, in terms of an acro, uh, for the dismal. For example, um, Celestina Poppa did back wall cover, backhand spring, backhand spring, double tuck. So, it was really a thing. <laughs> And it was when we started to watch so many innovations on the agro department that, for example, on 9080 um, mm, 1984, well not that much, Ninety eighty. uh, most of the gymnasts, like, again, back wall covers, back handspring, at least a back tuck, but it's, it wasn't that, that flashy, and when you have, like, connections that nowadays are still being used, it's like, wow, here is when their innovation, innovation really started. And on floor, we have the perfect mix between artistry and difficulty, for example, Daniela Silvash on theme final, she did a double 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 on floor that is named after her, and it's crazy nowadays is an h element, even though is i wouldn't put it on h but still is an h element. Or for example, Yelena Shushinova doing a crazy uh tumbling pass of uh, the Arabian trick hudders straddler uh the rollout <laughs> and new academic and it was it was really crazy. I mean the rollouts are banned nowadays, but still it was really impressive back then. And uh, I mean uh this wadernium was like, the heat of the side-by-side tumbling passes, for example. Yelena Chuchenova on that pass that I mentioned before. After the rollout, she did back handspring uh, with a quarter turn, round up back handspring, uh, back handspring, knee back handspring, and then another back handspring and full twisting back handspring, so it was really cool. Or Daniela Silvash doing a uh, roundup back handspring, uh, double twist, punch front, backhand spring, backhand spring, double twist, punch front. It was really innovative, it was really flashy, it was really cool. But also, the r was something that was really there, uh, Routines as well as I mentioned before as Daniela Silvash or Yelena Shushinova were amazing but also Diana Dudevas or um, this girl what was her name um, Deliana Bodenincharova, that also made the team the even finals on floor uh, they did crazy difficulty for example Deliana Bodenicharova did a double layout, uh triple twist that was magnificent and full twisting double tuck as her last as her last Last pass, like, I mean uh, those are skills that is still difficulty nowadays, so it was really, it, it was like the perfect mix between artistry and difficulty, or for example um, Svetlana Boginskaya winning uh, the bronze and floor uh, with only a full twisting double double back and uh, two double twists <laughs> but her artistry was not point, her Carmen uh, floor routine is one of my favorites and don't try to copy it because it's hard I tried before and it's not the greatest thing on the art. <sighs> but anyway so well I, did, I oh yeah and on vault um we started to see so many uh, yurchenkas that it was the first olympics when we saw uh, yurchenkas after well um the implementation of of the Yurchenko, but Natalia Yurchenko in 1983. But it was really innovative. Uh, the women started doing Yurchenko's even before men. So it was really good. So yeah, it was really impressive uh, at this point. So that's it on that side. But also, uh, the team final for those Olympics was the first Olympic event of all of the Olympics that sold out all of the tickets for the event three months prior to the Olympics, so it's... wow! And you can, with those little facts, you can you can have an idea of how important that team final was because as I mentioned before, Romania was the current... Um, oh my gosh, was that a kinship or a pyrotechnia? What the fuck? Anyway, um Romania was the first the the only country who was able to beat the Soviet Union at a team event. And the Soviet Union wants revenge to come back again as the greatest uh gymnastics team. So it was the pressure was under. So we have so many things to talk about, these games. Let's talk about that. Okay. Um, things to consider, uh, the perfect thing was a thing on this Olympics. We also uh, had seven, like, 16, I think it was 16 perfect things during all of those Olympics. And we'll talk about that later. But yeah, the perfect thing was a thing and the qualifications round was a little bit different, again, uh, we had the compulsories and optionals. After the two of those rounds, the results were average, and the average was your preliminary score, that it was going to be used at both the other round and the event finals. So every single mistake on qualification was about to repercute on finals because the scores that you score, uh prelims, uh, were carried through the finals. So, and then mm, the score that you get on the final got added to your preliminary score and that's the way the results were given. And that's really important for some things we're gonna consider after this. So well, that's I think the most, uh, the thing that we need to consider. As I said, uh, on this Olympics, uh, 16 perfect things were given, and only the three people. 7 perfect things to Yelena Shushinova from the Soviet Union, 7 perfect things to Daniela Silvash from Romania, and through perfect things for Dagmar Kester, Kerstin, from the German Democratic Republic, or is Germany. So well, really important facts if you consider this. On <laughs> um, the qualifications round, after computer the Soviet Union was the first ranked, Romanian second. <laughs> Is Germany on third place and the United States on fourth? Is Germany and United States were so close. But the thing is, Dutch um, Ronda Fayenne, the alternate from the United States, was about to take out the springboard for an open bar's routine, but she stayed on the podium after a takeout the springboard and there was a rule that mentioned that two gymnasts from the same team shouldn't be on the podium when someone was doing their thing and as Ronda Fein was standing on the podium they break that rule and what happened was that one of the coaches from East Germany thought that to the judges panel and they they got deduction against the United States theme of uh half of a point and that half of a point was really the decision that uh put United States on fourth place after compulsory rounds. Also on this compulsory round the first after day one was Daniela Silvash, with a score of 39.775. On second place, we had Yelena Shushinova with 39.725. So, they were so close to each other, but still, Daniela Silvash was above Yelena Shushinova. Also, on this round, Yelena Shushinova scored a perfect ten on Bolt. And Alina Silly bash, scored two perfect 10s, one on an even bars and another one on floor. So the battle for the perfect 10 started. Another perfect 10 that were given on this round was a perfect 10 to Dagmar Kirsten on an even bars. So after the first round, we already had four perfect 10s that were given. You can imagine the really, um, Competition, especially between Daniela Silvash and Yelena Shushinova, because Dag- Dagmar Kirsten wasn't that all around gymnast, she was more as a specialist. But I mean, <laughs> the fact that we already have a battle for a perfect time between Daniela Silvash and Yelena Shushinova, just giving us a, a little bit of context of what we were about to see. Uh, and I mean the most shocking thing after a computer is was that Aurelia Dobri didn't score any perfect thing on this round and for example in Bald she was really bad with a score of 9.65 and what's the concerning thing about this is that Are- Aurelia Dobri was the current world champion on the all round so Really interesting there, but anyway, then on the field of optionals, this time Daniela Sidovaj wasn't the top contender, it was Yelena Shishinova. On the ground, she scored three perfect thins, one on vault, one on uneven an bars, and another one on floor against Daniela Silvache, who just scored two perfect tens, one bars and one on After day two of the optionals, Yelena Shushinova had a score of 39.95 and Daniela Silvache of 39.8, giving a total average uh, after day one and day two of 39.8. 837 for Yelena Shishinova and 39.878 for Daniela Silvash. Thing is That the biggest mistake of Daniela Silvash was her floor routine pouring the double-double on double floor. If she sticks that she will be clearly receiving a perfect in there, but she didn't stick that, So she took a big step Giving her a 9.9, which was, um, I think, the point where Yelena uh, Shushinova took the lead against Daniela Silvash. But also, talking about the themes, the Soviet Union theme was. Quite new, the only gymnasts, well, the three gymnasts were new on this team. Another three were on the um, Royals team from last year. Those three were Yelena Shushinova, Zbethalina Boinskaya, and Zbethalina Baitova. But Natalia Lashenova, Yelena Shevchenko, and Olga Strajeva were new on the team they were new at. Okay? On the Romanian theme, it was exactly the same theme as Rotterdam, except for Gabriela Poderak, who was replacing Ekaterina Savo because she retired a couple of uh, days before, well, a couple of months before the Olympic Games. So Gabriela Poderak uh, took out her spot. I mean, I think it was a wise decision to keep the same team that was able to beat the Soviet Union a year before. But they weren't on the same conditions as a year before. Celestina Popa, Eugenia Golia, and Kavinia Boinia, three of them had really downgraded routines compared to what they did at Rotterdam. Aurelia Dobre was clearly in Europe, weren't able to score any perfect thing. When on Rotterdam, she scored, I think, five perfect things. Gabriela Potarac was good, but her weakest point was in even bars. And Aniela Silva being the strength point of Romanian team. Also, the East German team were good, weren't the best, they had the skills. They didn't have the form, and that was really the difference of uh, almost four points on difference between Romania and, the East, and East Germany, and the United States were good, but Ronda Fine messed up when she took the Springbird at computer aid. doing them being only three-tenths of a point behind is Germany. So, if it went on for round the fine the United States will have win the, oh fuck, wait, the United States will have won the bronze bell. But on this podcast and on this part, we don't have room for the what ifs. So yeah, that's that's mainly the thing. Also, an important thing, just just to imagine how how strong the Soviet team was, is that Alistair Ajova fell on a balance beam and she was injured. She didn't even finish her exercise, scoring an eight point eight point nine on that, on that routine. And the Soviet Union didn't even put their alternate to compete on floor. The alternate was Oksana Milianchik. Turns out that he was the uh, 1985 all-around champion uh, just uh, as well as Yelena Shoshinova. They didn't put her to compete because they knew they were able to put a score to beat Romania and they did and yeah for more than a point so you know that's how strong the Soviet team was. But now, that was the theme competition. But this wasn't the end of the greatness of these Olympics. The big contention was at the all around competition. The main battle was between Yelena Shushinova from the Soviet Union and Daniela Silvash from Romania. They had uh did they have a February twin no because both of them were really close one to each other and that really replicates on on pretty much everything you know so yeah basically is that oh, wow this is this is really Really interesting. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Because this was the battle of the perfect tent. The all-around was really a battle for for the perfect tent. And it's reflect on of this final. Because well let's let's see this. Yelena Shushinova had a preliminary score of thirty nine point eight three seven. And Daniela Silvage of 39.787, which you know it's quite quite there, uh, it's close, it's really close. And on the other round, we had Daniela Silvash and Yelena Shushinova going back to back, they were on the same rotation, and Daniela Silvash performed. Before, uh, well, no, after Yelena Shushinova on all the apparatuses except on Vault. Take that in consideration. So we start, uh, they started a competition on uneven an bars. And we already started with Daniela Silva, she's scoring a perfect end on uneven bars. Yelena Shishinova had the weight of a score a perfect ten on the new bars, that she was able to do so because at team, team optionals she did it but she took a step on her jisman scoring a 9.9 so after the first rotation Tanila Silvash was over Yelena Shishinova then we move to balance beam we know that balance beam was the greatest event of the Romanians and it's not the exception for Daniela Silvash. So she goes, and what she did is that she did a mistake on her full turn and on her dismount. A scoring not the perfect 10 she was waiting for, but a 9.9. And then Yelena shishinova does a flawless un one routine, except for her dismount. Scoring a 9.925. I'm gonna stop here because I need to mention that I love Shushinawa's Onimambaru's composition, especially the roll for Roll for is my favorite balance beam skill, and I'm so pissed that we didn't see so many gymnasts doing uh, a roll for bar right now. So, ah, so sad. But anyway, then on floor exercise. Daniela Silvash goes and do a PERFECT floor routine, scoring, oh wait, 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 no, Yelena Shushinova starts, I'm messing off things right here, ah, Yelena Shushinova was first and Daniela Silvash in every event, sorry, I'm so sorry. So yeah, Yelena Shushinova does her does her floor routine and she score a perfect ten. And then Daniela Silvash goes and scores another perfect 10. And it was even better than Yelena Shushinova's breathing. So if, si- if Shushinova's breathing was a 10, Silvash was an 11. That's the the level of perfection we saw on this final. But then, the last rotation. We see Daniela Silvash going on before Yelena Shushinova thing is that Sylvester's, uh weakest event was Bolt and it was shown here scoring only a 9.95 on her first Bolt and 9.9 on her second Bolt so the greatest the score she get was the 9.5 that was the score that was taken Yeah, Anastasia Nova had the pressure on she need to score a perfect 10 on Bolt to win this event and what she did, she throw a perfect net. And it was iconic. It was really iconic. At the end of the day, Daniela Silvash, had a biggest score, Yelena Shushinova, on the all-around. Uh, on the ad of the four bands, um, silivash received a 39.85, and Yelena Shushinova, 39.825. But remember that the prelim score was added to the total score, giving that the win to Yelena Shushinova of 79.662 and putting Daniela Silvash on second place with 79.637. They were only of different one to each other, so it was massive. The difference was really close. But at the end of the day, Yelena Shushinova was a winner. So many people can't, uh, add add me to that people, um, think that if it weren't for Daniela Silvash throwing the Silvash at team finals, she will have been the gold medalist. And it's true, because she was able to score a perfect thing on, on floor exercise. If she will have score a nine point eight two five, to 5, I think? I did a calculation, but I, fuck. <laughs> I did a calculation, but I can't remember if I have this. Let me check. Yeah. Uh, if she will if she will have scored at nine point nine seven five on floor at team finals, she will have been the gold medalist. But she didn't. She scored a nine point nine. So, at the end of the day, it was Silvash day, but it was in Silvash around competition. Finals were a little bit different. The day of finals wasn't the day of. Yelena Shushinova, but let's start with the ball final. On vault, the winner was Svetlana Boginskaya from the Soviet Union, but he was one of the four gymnasts that was on every final. Those gymnasts were Daniela Silvash from Romania, Yelena Shushinova from the Soviet Union, Svetlana Boginskaya also from the Soviet Union, and Phoebe Mills from the United States. And it's curious because it's right now we have so few athletes who are able to be on all finals, you know, and well, back then it was, it was more common and it's because, uh, back then the gymnasts were trained to be all-arounders that be, to be great on all the events and right now it's more on the individual side and it's good. Because in that way, if you don't shine at one band, you are able to compete at other ones that you are really good. But anyway, well, let's talk about the finals. First place is Belzana Winskaya from the USSR. She scored a preliminary score of 9.937. And on the finals, she did 9.968. Given a total of 19.905. On second place, we had Gabriela Poderak from Romania, that her pre- prelim score was 9.887, and on the final, she scored a 9.943. Also, uh, Gabriela Podarac was one of the two gymnasts of this final, who throw uh, a double-twisting Yurchenko. Uh, the other one was Yelena Shushanova, but we are going to talk about a little bit later. And She was second place after Bokinskaya with a 19.830. Um, so many people think that Gabriela Pothorak should have been in the first place, but she was behind Pokinskaya uh, on prelims and also on the final itself which is because Podorak threw a, a double twist Yurchenko which was way harder than a full twist Yurchenko that he was the one that threw Poginskaya. And on third place we have Daniela Silva from Romania starring with a repertoire of uh, metal in every event possible uh, with a total score of 19.818 what happened to Yelena Shushinova, you may ask? Well, she fell on her double-twist Yurchenko. And it was shocking because Yelena Shushinova was the current uh, two-time world champion going on to these Olympics and she was a favorite to win the uh, the, bald, the bald gold medal after especially uh, having a perfect thing on prelims. so... It wasn't it. It wasn't it this time, but... You know, could be better. She ended up on 8th place. Now, on uh, the Newman Bar Finals, three gymnasts scored a perfect then on this final, being the last perfect dance given on this Olympics. The first one competing there was Daniela Silva from Romania. She already had a preliminary score of a perfect then, and she threw another perfect then on this final. So she was the first one to on Compete and after she ended her routine she knew she was going to be the champion because there's no way that anyone could have put another Perfect Den. Well, another Perfect 20 on the total score. On second place we had Dagmar Kirsten from the German Democratic Republic. She had a Perfect Den on compulsories, an optional 9.975. And on the final, she scored another perfect ten, and it was good. I mean, so many people complained that it wasn't a perfect ten, but I can see why the judges give her a perfect ten. It was the most innovative routine of all the of all the finalists. She had amazing transitions, amazing releases, uh, really good handstands. The most imperfect thing was her her dismount, where she was really chest down and took a step. But I mean we're on the we're on the 80s, that doesn't count. <laughs> and on third place, Yelena Shushinova is scoring another perfect 10, but being on third place because uh she had a lowest prelims score than Dagmar Kirsten. So she was just a little behind her. But still really good. Yelena Shushinova's everything was really good. Again her her full twist in is amazing. You shall see it. And no one knows that nowadays, so mm-hmm. Now on the bottom we had uh, Daniela Silvash being the first place, uh, scoring a 9.987. It wasn't perfect, but it was good. Yelena Cicinova on second place, scoring a 9.950. And on third place we had a tie because again, this was a time when you could thigh at the Olympics. Uh, we had Gabriela Podorak from Romania. And Phoebe Mills from the USA. Both routines were amazing, really interesting, really innovative. I think both of those routines were more innovative than Silvash and Novas together. So kudos uh, for them. As both the from the USSR were on, th- on fifth place, even though she was the first qualifier, tied with Silvash, She, she did mm, some mistakes, but yeah, it was really an interesting, uh, an interesting final, taking in consideration that well, uh, there was a tie. And I was worried, and yet, I rather putterax in meals routine over room And she should know asked one. but anyway, anywho. <laughs> and uh, on the last final we have Daniela Silvash in first place, uh, Svetlana Boginskaya in second, and Diana Dudeva from Bulgaria on third place, and Deliana Budenicharova from Bulgaria also on fourth. Uh, this final was really criticized because uh, Daniela Zivas was really shaky on the final. Svotlana Boginskaya (laughs) was... good, but her difficulty wasn't it. She had a two double twist, which is... uh... Diana Dudeva was amazing, as well as Zelena Bodynicharova. For me, both Dudeva and Bodynicharova should have been above Boginskaya. Then I will put Buterin Chabra over over Sibash. I will have give given a perfect end to Diana about the Diana Buterin routine. I posted the part on my Instagram account a couple of, um, of weeks ago, and it's just amazing. Just look at it. Like, it's just, I mean, she started with a double yet then a three bull twist that it was the fastest thing on earth, It looked like a double. Just believe me. And full twisting double pike that she stuck. So, it should have been a perfect thing for me, but yeah, this was the, the end of the finals, and such an interesting Olympus, such a variety of skills, oh yeah, also Yelena Shishunova also, also fell, yeah, she had um, a horrible fall, uh, but yeah, so interesting to see those things. And yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I miss this era. I wasn't even lived on this era, but <laughs> I I miss it because it was a perfect balance between uh, both artistry and difficulty and the, the variety of skills was really noticeable on this, on this era. Something that we don't see that much nowadays. And it's part of the cutoff points. Um like they're they're not rewarding uh originality nor artistry as it should be. So we need a code that could that could reward that on on the greatest way possible so we can start to watch uh more original routines and um not only cookie quitter routines so as some people call it but anyway, that's my opinion. Let me let me know what's yours. Um I I will let my Instagram on the description box. So you can DM me whatever you want. And yeah, that's it for today. Um thank you so much for watch, for listening to this if you if you stay here until this point. I love you uh i'm gonna post uh a furious skating uh podcast uh hopefully on sunday uh well actually i'm gonna mix a little bit of gymnastics uh it'll it will it will be it will be cool i think but yeah uh i, I i'll try to mix uh gymnastics and furious skating the most that i can Because at this point, I haven't talked about a single episode of gymnastics on this podcast. So, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) But yeah, this was everything for me. I hope you like it. Uh, Have an amazing day. Have an amazing life. That's it for today. And bye.